Hello and welcome to The Slow Reader. My name is Steve and uh, this is a podcast about books. And on today's podcast, uh, I had a special guest, Josh Wettenkamp from the podcast Science Fiction Shorts. And we talked about the book, Flow My Tears, The Policeman Said. And we're not going to give away how the discussion went. It it was very good, though. Uh, But I will warn you, there are spoilers ahead. Not a lot of plot, blow-by-blow spoilers, but uh, definitely the ending of the book is spoiled. So uh, take that as a warning. But uh, here, here we go. Here is the discussion I had with Josh. Is this the beginning of the show? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're here to talk about Flow My Tears, The Policeman Said. Oh, here, I can show you my copy. <laughs> I have to say we have some awesome copies. I, you know, I was really excited, excited about mine, but I think yours is kind of more appropriate this... for like the, 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 the happenings of the book. You yeah, because I, mean? I guess this would be like what Jason Tavener, right? on the front yeah for and sure. like yeah he's got like mirrored versions of himself all around it's his like head. it's like a head game you know but <laughs> and then on the inside too i think i've showed you this one but uh there's uh like some sort oh. of weird i i think it's oh, like a I tv studio a okay, and, okay yeah it's but it's i like a collage of like things that happen in the book maybe i don't yeah. know yeah but I I was hoping when I saw that that there'd be illustrations throughout the whole thing, but that's the only one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so on my cover, and of course, you know, your listeners can't see this, but um, <laughs> so I I have the policeman, right? I mean, yeah. this, this this must be what is his name, Buckman? Yeah, Felix Buckman. Yeah. So that must be Buckman. When when I first got to a policeman in the book, uh a pole <laughs> as right. they like to call them um i thought for sure oh this must be the guy but no actually this, yeah, he, the, the first policeman you meet is just a nobody as it turns out <laughs> yeah like and and uh i don't think we get the policeman until part two right i think that's yeah, what it is yeah i, th- I think yeah. you're right i think you start out yeah uh in part two with um the policeman so wait wait uh what uh what year is your book from like what publication date I think it was okay. Let's see. It, this was written in '75, right? Um, or no, no, no. I got '74 as the publication date on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. The the early. It's always weird how it's hard to determine the publication date from the inside flap of the book. There's like so many dates, you know. <laughs> but actually, actually, okay. Now that I look at it, it's not the first date, but. A date, the earliest date, is 1974. Uh, this date, the latest date in my book is 86. Okay, so mine, so, yeah, so I have the 1974 copyright, uh, but then it says at the bottom, first printing April 1975. Um, and the cover of the first printing looks even, like, that's the one they have on Wikipedia. That one's even different from these two. So there's, like, a ton of different covers for this thing. Wait, well, wait a minute. So... Mine's see again. I don't know how to read these things because mine says published by Grafton Books in '76, reprinted '79, '84, '86. So what does that mean? When was this printed? How do you? I mean, you got it. You oh. have to take the latest. You have to take the latest date, right? I think so. Because like yeah. this one only has two dates. Is so. What's your latest one? 1975. Oh wow, that is an early yeah. copy. It is, and it's that's cool. It, it is like super old. I had to. I don't 
know if you can see this, but I had to repair the spine because the cover came off when I was oh. reading it. Oh, <laughs> that stinks. Yeah, but it. But I mean, it's otherwise in good shape. Like pages are all like the yellow and like uh-huh. it's ripping a little bit, but I think overall it's uh, it's it's pretty good. I have. I, uh, I love cool books. I have a quote. <laughs> the The quote on the first page is from. There's like a. Uh, you know, the pull quotes or whatever. This one is from Theodore Sturgeon. There's He's got like a couple of paragraphs writing for Galaxy Magazine, it looks like. What do you uh, mean the pull quotes? Well, like, you know, they, they have quotes from like reviews and other authors saying how oh, great yeah. the book is. <laughs> okay, okay, I see. <laughs> but uh, so Sturgeon apparently liked this one. Uh, okay. But, uh, and uh, that's and that's the other thing, actually. I was a little disappointed that the back of the book doesn't have the usual summary of the novel. It just has quotes. Like here's oh, what you don't read those wrote. summaries. Do you? <laughs> well, sometimes I do for, <laughs> if oh, I'm just God. browsing around. <laughs> no, I stay away from those. I don't <laughs> like spoilers and those things too often give out, give away way too many spoilers. Yeah, I, that's, that's true. Sometimes like, and sometimes other times are like completely off base. Right. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't know because I don't read them. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, summarize this one, actually, just to uh, say what it's about. Um, yeah. So I just did it in a quick sentence. So I think you can correct me if I if if you think it's uh, it needs more info or less. Uh, but I got late night TV star Jason Tavener wakes up in a world where he never existed. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. One sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. Um, can I can I try can I try and describe the theme of the book in one sentence? Yeah, do it. I would say this book is about. Well, I kind of already said mind games earlier, but I I would say a recurring theme in this book is having hand in interpersonal interpersonal relationships i don't know if that like stuck out to you while reading it but there's very there's a lot of relationships in this book yeah and it's all about how does one person have hand over the other person okay i i can see that (laughs) so i i think that makes sense i mean i the themes that i picked out and i think i probably picked them out more because it's it's obvious because of all the references to like he has references to Finnegan's Wake, uh, In Search of Lost Time, and uh, let's see what notes where I wrote for that. Um, apparently, they are they both deal with uh, sleep or dreams in some way. Like the the themes of those two works. Are... I, I I don't even know those two works that you mentioned. Okay, well, so th- he mentioned them by name in the book, Finnegan's Wake, for sure. Which apparently in his version of 1988 was successfully adapted into a movie. Uh, but from what I understand oh, of what I looked up, it's like impossible. Me. <laughs> uh, well, that one is, it's uh, when I looked it up, it's uh, it's a James Joyce uh, book. It's apparently supposed to like um, convey the sense of, of like a dreamlike state in that book. And it's like, I, it was described as one of the most difficult works of the English language to read. Really? <laughs> and then interesting. In Search of Lost Time, that he refers to it as Remembrance of Things Past. Um that one is by Proust. Proust? 
I, I don't know. It's French anyway. Um, okay. But yeah, that, that one is, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought I wrote more notes on it, but that one is basically dealing with like, um, specifically like there's the, whoever the narrator is, like some event triggered a remembrance of some other event and which triggered like remembering a whole bunch of, like, it's basically remembering things. Okay. So I got, thought that was kind of on the nose with the, with the novel. Right. Yeah. Um, but Funny, funny story though. With that uh, remembrance of things past, I was looking for another book that I wanted to pick up in a thrift store, and I happened to stumble across uh, "Remembrance of Things Past." In, in okay. I didn't pick it up though. I'm not going to attempt reading that anytime soon. <laughs> Sounds difficult. Hey, so um, do you want to do you want to tell me like what you thought of the book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So here I'll give you my rating, um, the okay. Goodreads rating. I I gave it two stars. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I I liked this it. This is like, going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I liked <laughs> it for the most part going through, but the reason why I I kind of got frustrated going through it because like I had a series of questions. So like we know w- what the problem was, right? Like he woke up and he no longer exists. So I wanted he to no know. Longer exists. Why? And, why and was he? On, wait, wait, I and I remember you saying, "I'm pretty close to the end of, the, end of this book, and I don't have a lot of answers." Yeah. And I gotta say, I didn't feel that way. Towards, I, I don't okay. know if they got resolved at the end for you or not. Well, but, well, so but go, go on. So here's here's the question. The main three questions that I had was like, so why was his existence erased? Uh, how did it happen? And who did it? So we have all those answers. We do. We do. But <laughs> okay. It's it's just that we didn't get them till the end. It's but. yeah, it it just wasn't way like really way at the end. Like I think the last chapter, two chapters maybe, but it it just didn't seem like yeah. a satisfactory answer for me for those questions. Like it's it's so okay. it turned out to be uh, Buckman's the police officer's sister uh, overdosed on Elise. a drug. <laughs> yeah, Al is Elise or Alice? I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> A L Y S. Yeah. Yeah. So she overdosed on an experimental drug that bended reality for everyone around her, basically. Um, but like I the reason I think I'm disappointed with that is like so the story, the reason why he wakes up in the first place from like I, I didn't even understand what uh he was attacked with, like what it, it was called a Callisto cuddle sponge is something that this random woman who was never mentioned oh, again at the I end of chapter one. All about exactly. That. <laughs> so like okay, that is random. But that see, has no explanation. Yeah, it's so it's something that like puts tubes in them or something like that. I can't remember the description, yeah. but it's this woman who I guess uh, he must have like promised him or her a whole bunch of things like an audition or something and. And she shoots him, I assume it's some sort of weapon. And that's when, that's what knocks him out. So I was wondering, like, is this woman going to come back at some point in the novel? Yeah, like, know, I mean, you don't, you it was clear any... eventually that she wasn't going to. But um, yeah. but then I thought, like, okay, so I was wondering if maybe this is, like, is Alice trying to collect him or something? Because at one point she mentions, like, oh, I've got all your albums. And I think both yeah. she and the policemen were both like collecting everything. Like their house was full of collections. And I'm like, well, maybe she's like collecting him or something. And it's some sort of like 
weird, weird thing, but no, it just, it was a drug overdose, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I have some way, other have thoughts, you, but I'll let you go. <laughs> have you, have you read any other uh, Philip? K- oh, wait, actually you're a big Philip K. Dick well, fan, so right? here's, here's the thing is that um, I, I only have read uh, his collection of short stories that I have um, that has the minority report in it. And I okay. reread the minority report bef- like a couple of days ago, just because I also wasn't a huge fan of the writing style in this book. Like, especially he like had weird names for everything. Like cars were called quibbles. I don't, quibbles. <laughs> so I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, but uh, the minority report that was written in 1956. And I thought I enjoyed that writing much more than this book. So I thought maybe okay. the minority report might've been written later, like after this one, but no, nope, apparently no. it's, it's an earlier work. And I just like that one, like that stuff a lot more. Okay. But... I, yeah. I've, I've only read, I've read man on the high castle and, um, uh, do androids dream of electric sheep, which is the blade runner book. Um, and I'm going to be honest. I didn't like, philip k dick at all like i agree his writing style is just it is weird and like sometimes not even logical yeah and in, in, in uh in do androids dream of electric sheep and i remember there only being like one part of man in high castle that i really liked um oh by the way is it steven or stefan steven or okay. or steve either or <laughs> we hadn't even established that okay uh steve um, do you know what I'm going to rate this book? Are, are you going to give it a five? Steve, it's a five out of five for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't rate it on Goodreads specifically because I didn't yes. want you to see my rating. <laughs> same, same here. Okay. I don't know though. Like the thing that has going for it though, is that it's, it's a very short book. So I think I'm probably going to read it again just to try and oh, wow. like get a better sense of it. But okay. I don't know. Like, I'm wondering if maybe my rating is based a bit on like the the ending not really being like yeah. matching the start. Like I was, Look, I think overall it, like it was pretty good. Like it was a man on the run type of story, like trying to trying to figure things out. But uh-huh. there were just some weird detours that uh, that he took that didn't. I don't know. It wasn't all there for me. But I did find like you know. I, I wrote down some of my favorite chapters were probably the uh, at the end, like when he was on when he was drugged by Alice, and it was like describing his basically out of body experience, and I'm like, it oh sounds God. like describing like whatever chaotic feeling he had, like seems like, perfect. Philip, like Dick has definitely yeah. done peyote at some point in his <laughs> yeah. life to be able to describe it that exactly. well. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. thinking, but also like I haven't read a scanner darkly, but. I've seen it, like you know the uh, the rotoscope one, right? It, by the way, but, oh, okay. Well, I, there's I know of the movie, but like there's a a scene I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember there's like a scene that like I can picture. Uh, I think it's Keanu Reeves. He's like there's he's on like some sort of drug, and there's like bugs crawling all over him, and he's like clawing off or something. Like that image is sticking in my head, but that's kind of what I was picturing when he's describing all this stuff. Like that was okay. really creepy too, and he goes. And he finds he sees uh, Alice's body as a as a rotted skeleton. Oh my god! Like, as a skeleton, <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, that was absolutely crazy. 
yeah, Steve, I loved this book. Uh, probably I, I started loving it maybe from like chapter two up until maybe like the chapter or two before the last chapter, because I agree it doesn't end strong and it didn't really grip me until he started out in this world where he didn't exist. You know what I mean? Um, but that's basically the whole book, except the very beginning and very, in the very end. Um, I loved it. And this is the first Philip K. Dick book that I've actually liked. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I just thought it was, it was, it was so weird, which is totally Philip K. Dick style, right? Everything he does is just really weird. Um, and it, it it was like I said, it, it's it's all about like these weird, really well described relationships between characters. I mean, the main character is a bad guy. Like you're not yeah. supposed to really like him. He's terrible. You know, he's he's definitely not he, likable. Yeah. Yeah. But then he meets this woman who's a psychopath who totally like is able to control him and has like this this hand over their relationship. You know what I mean? The the yeah. I can't remember Kathy. Yeah, uh, it's it Kathy. Kathy Actually, Kathy was, the, she's like she's she the redhead. Like she's yeah, it's Kathy Nelson, I think. And like okay, she, but okay, yeah, she's uh she she was at um a mental hospital, I think, and like she kept thinking other people were were celebrities or something. Yeah, and that her husband was still alive. Yeah, but he yeah, had actually died, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then everyone he meets is just like this story about. Okay, how is he going to use her or how are they going to use him? No one's really friendly to each other, but it's <laughs> just these weird interpersonal relationships that, uh, you know, me describing it that way probably isn't selling the book for anyone. But I just thought it was so well written. Um, and I don't know, I, 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 it, I, it really stood out to me as like a kind of like a masterpiece of a novel like there is no way in hell I could ever write anything close to this <laughs> and it's almost like it's almost abstract or it's almost like the reason why I think it's so good is because I can't explain it you know what I mean because yeah it's, yeah it's beyond it's like beyond my ability to comprehend and 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 like maybe it's just crap maybe it's a terrible <laughs> book but like because I can't explain it I think it's a masterpiece. <laughs> well, you you know, in in talking this through, I think I would probably bump it up to to three stars because I did just say that I'm willing to reread it again because there's I I can see there's stuff there, right? Like, yeah. So I, so so a, a two means it was just it okay, was okay yeah. right? And a three means would mean you like it. Yeah. yeah. Now, for for me personally, I I only give five stars to something that I definitely would read again. So like most of the okay. books that I rate that I really like, they, I just give them four stars cause I'm just going to give them to goodwill or whatever. Cause I don't need them <laughs> on my shelf anymore, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, yeah, there's when I, when I was going through these notes and thinking back to it, like there's, there's lots of little things in there. Like you said, there's uh, when you're talking about the relationships and like um, what one person has, an advantage over the others, which is interesting in itself. Cause so Jason is supposed to be this genetically modified superior human being. Like he, he's called a what, six. A six. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think for the first half of the novel, he's not 
like he can't use that influence anywhere. Like he thinks he's so much better than everybody, but then yeah, that Kathy woman like traps him basically and yeah like, he can't go anywhere and then he gets caught by the police so there so there's that but then that, hey, the... that psychotic episode of kathy was crazy <laughs> i was i, I was it, it made me feel uncomfortable um he described this woman who was about to have a psychotic episode and then she just loses it and the way he describes it i thought they entered like another dimension or something <laughs> <laughs> but but then like a couple paragraphs later you realize no he's just describing a really crazy uncomfortable situation in a restaurant where she loses it yeah and uh, yeah, and it's... i think it sounded like too like apparently for that restaurant that's like oh that's that's just kathy yeah <laughs> that's you know it's normal yeah. <laughs> But the overall, too, though, um, actually, especially after having reread the Minority Report, uh, what stands out to me is, like, I think uh, Dick really likes um, dystopias, like, and especially police states. Like, I don't know what it is, but um, this police state, though, in this book, I don't, I didn't quite understand because they kept referring to students as, like, you know. I, I don't get that either. And the, the students are quarantined in campuses. Yeah. They don't let them out. And I don't understand why they never explain that. Yeah. And Buckman himself even says, oh, I studied at Berkeley. But then, you know, I thought students were supposed to be like bad. But maybe I guess yeah. he studied there before society went into chaos. I don't know. Yeah, that was never explained. I I, I expected some sort of an explanation with that. Um Hey, this this book did a really good job, I thought, of um I really I really like it when authors don't explain things from the get-go and they just throw you in their universe and they let you figure things out through the narrative. You know, that's what I mean? true. And and while sometimes unfortunately we don't get answers that way, but uh most of the for the most part I think we got the answers to most of the things and it wasn't just laid out. Um it was described through the narrative I yeah think. and and i think too like especially with the technology and stuff except for that stupid uh thing in chapter one like you know it, it took a little bit to figure out when he was like he's, he mentions quibble a whole bunch of times and it yeah it didn't take very long to figure out oh, okay that's just a flying car basically yeah <laughs> I, and and he also mentions other tech like the the trans sex network. Yeah. Right? And that comes up again later in the end. It do, yeah, but, that's right. I, Cause I was looking through my notes. And I forgot that that was in chapter one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's never really fully explained, but you kind of get the idea. People get addicted to like, I don't know if it's the equivalent of like phone sex or something in the future. I don't yeah. Know. And apparently it's, it's addictive enough that like either. I can't it remember. Fries your brain. People, yeah. It fried your brain. Like whether it killed people or just like, really yeah. <laughs> destroyed them mentally i don't remember it was one of the two. Oh man this book was so crazy it was so crazy yeah yeah i think that's how i described it was just like this is a weird book the the only thing that though i absolutely didn't like uh, that i don't think i could redeem it at all is the epilogue like it was, oh it was horrible it's like oh, you should just tear that page out of the book <laughs> it was just like a like a title card like at the end of a biopic like oh and and uh and jason went on to uh to like more viewers like half a half a million more viewers than he had before 
and <laughs> it was really bad. gets assassinated or something because like, it, it, it's like even that it, it was bad enough to just have that at all but then like even just the the ideas that he had in it like the the narrative that he put in it was terrible like all of it was just bad yeah that, yeah that, and that i mean because it had a really like i will say it had a really great ending like with with uh it ended before the epilogue um buckman was like he had some sort of experience with uh, with someone at the at a gas station, and he just was like having some sort of peaceful moment on his way back his home tears, or something. His tears were flowing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that... uh, well, I, I'll say that I'll say this that um, I don't think you particularly liked the ending, right? Didn't that? Didn't you say that earlier? Um, yeah, like the how it resolved the story, I think is, is yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. I, that was weak, but I, I will say this: that you know, you might ask, well, how can I give a book five stars if the ending's not good? But um, I guess like if if the book keeps me thinking about it for days or weeks or months afterwards, um, that means it struck a chord with me, and I definitely do think about this book still. Uh, but I, I will say that. Almost always when there's some mystery in a book, like when the alien is finally revealed or the monster is shown and described, I feel like getting to that point, the journey is always better than the destination. Like mm, there's, yeah. it always loses a little bit of magic once you find out the, <laughs> um, the reason for everything. In this case, it was, it was drugs, right? Um, you know, I thought the drug idea was just kind of like, okay, well, you got it. There's got to be an answer somehow. I mean, there doesn't have to be. You could, it could be left a mystery, but I, I want an answer. And I didn't think it was a great answer. But um, as I say, the journey getting there was top notch. Yeah, I, I, I will say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't. Um, I mean, I, I've I think we talked on Twitter about quitting books like you just quit a book recently. I did last year. You know, yeah. I, tr- I tried reading a few chapters and I just like just couldn't get through it but this one you know i kept like helps with the chapters in this one are super short so like you keep wanting to read more right but yeah i I didn't have any point where i was like i i really don't want to read this like it was it was good like that's why i I, it was gripping i I remember i remember thinking i was only going to read a chapter or two but i like kept reading some chapters yeah personally um so that's i think another reason why i want to revisit it because there were, I mean, I do a lot of my reading at night before I go to sleep. So I may have, you know, I, it occurs to me, I may have missed some things in some of the longer chapters, especially when you had characters ranting on about, uh, about love. And yeah, uh, there's actually, do you, if, do you watch the show? This is us. No. Oh, okay. I know well, of it, but I, I don't watch a lot. Of there's, there's a, I think there's a, a line where, um, uh, it's, I think it's Ruth is uh, the woman he runs into in Las Vegas. Okay. Anyway, she's she's the one. Going oh, oh, on. you're saying from the book? Okay. Yeah, yeah, from the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's the one going on about uh, about love and what it you know that yeah. it's worth losing and like hurting for love and, and what. It's better to have but, loved and lost, yes. right, than to have never loved or something. I mean, exactly. I don't think that's that, that but, line's not in the book, but that's essentially the whole. <laughs> it's like a it's like many paragraphs long. Her her soliloquy. Yeah, <laughs> and. Anyway, all that just to make a slight joke is that um, there's a, a part where she says, like, love is a father running into a bu- burning building and then saving his children and dying himself. And, like, I, I just thought 
that was my note was that that's pretty much exactly what happens to the father in this is us is that he, oh. <laughs> he, he saves his kids and the dog from their house and dies later in the hospital. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I remember reading that chapter um, and thinking like, Oh, this is like, is, is this like the most important part of the book? Is this like the most important thing that, that Dick is trying to get across? Um, but at the same time, I remember thinking like, okay, I'm not really enjoying this chapter very much. <laughs> that, I was thinking the same thing about like not enjoying it. But yeah. I think that's the turning point in the book though. Like it's kind of in the middle, but that's kind of where he starts to assert his actual, like his genetically modified influence. Like, okay. and when he start, I think that's probably, if you read it, I bet you we would see signs that reality is, is kind of slowly starting to realign because it's it's not until th- like that doesn't happen like that speeds up when he meets Alice uh, after he turns himself in right like because that's when he sees the yeah, record. There's there's one point I have it written down here where it says um, it, it says it in all capitals in the book. It says the theory changes the reality it describes, and I I think oh, yeah, it's I when he, I think it's when they started doing drugs. Yeah, I think and, so. And I think. Yeah, and so that's supposed to describe, like, that Elise is creating reality, right, through this drug. Like, things she thinks or something like that is influencing the lives of people around her. Right. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> well, I think, Yeah, well, I think that's exactly how the drug works or something, but it's just such a it, – it is such a weird – explanation of the whole thing and i don't fully understand how it works but i don't think we're supposed to hey i've got a i've got a quote i want to read okay um actually there's two let me find the one i want okay so here's one describing kathy i'm gonna tell you something and i want you to listen carefully you belong in a prison for the criminally insane. <laughs> yeah. Eerily, yes. frighteningly, she did not react. She said nothing. <laughs> I, yeah, he was so blunt in that in that opening bit, right? <laughs> he says some terrible things in this book, man. Some terrible well, things. And actually, you bring up Kathy before, before your next quote. I th- thought after the fact that I think Kathy was like some sort of foreshadowing for Alice or Elise at the end, right? Like with the whole reality bending and everything now that I think of it, cause she, her reality is, is skewed because oh. like, and she thinks, you know, some people are sort of that celebrities that really aren't, but like, yeah, she already has a messed up view of reality because of her, her psychosis or whatever you want to call it. So I'm wondering if that's maybe like some actual foreshadowing to the end of the book. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Um, okay, here's another quote, okay? All right. <laughs> I actually don't even... I, I'm going to kind of read this. I don't even remember the whole quote, but I wrote it down, so that must mean that I like it, okay? <laughs> she had learned a great deal since she had last slept with her. It was true. Okay, it was true. Emptied, he lay naked on the blankets of the waterbed, rubbing a broken-out spot at the rim of his nose. Ruth Ray, or rather... Miss Ruth Goman now sat on the carpeted floor, smoking a Paul Mall. Neither of them had spoken for some time. The room had become quiet, and he thought, as drained as I am, is there some principle of thermodynamics, he thought. 
that says heat can't be destroyed. It can only be transferred. But there's also entropy. I feel the weight of entropy on me now, he decided. I've discharged myself into a vacuum and I will never get back what I have given out. <laughs> it goes only one way. Yes, he thought. I'm sure that is one of the fundamental laws of the <laughs> dynamics. This is basically what he was thinking after having sex with uh, Ruth which, Goldman. <laughs> yeah, which is we- so weird in itself. Like, does it is this what uh, what Hollywood stars are thinking when they like? I don't know. Or is it just me, genetically man. modified TV stars? I don't know. I don't know. How about how about this one? He paused to quietly fart. Oh yes, I I I took a screen or I I took a picture of that one. It's like <laughs> it's the random it's a slice things, of reality, this man. This, this guy, the random things that Dick chooses to put in his books. It it just impressed me. It's like I'm just uh, I don't know who chooses to put that in their book. I, I'm trying to see. Like I have a I, I condensed my notes, but I'm going to go through my. I wrote chapter by chapter. I did write down the word uh, snurfled from the first chapter. I don't remember what that was describing. But... Oh, my God. I don't even remember that. Uh, okay. Do I have any other quotes? I don't know. I, his his use of words was actually really good, though, overall. Like, uh, I have a quote here. An effet laugh, E-F-F-E-T-E. As did a... you know that word before you read it? No, I had to look it up. <laughs> I, I, so I, I look up words all the time. I love learning new words and I have the Merriam Webster dictionary app on my phone and I can like bookmark words. <laughs> I learned that word recently while reading, um, um, the sword in the stone. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's what I'm trying to remember the meaning. It's like basically, um, like a weak laugh or something like that. Like you're kind of like humoring someone. No, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weakness. It's like, um, uh, sitting in a comfy chair is an effect. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I found another quote, although it's not really an important one, but, um, there was a line, uh, this, one of the characters says, do you want to go watch a Captain Kirk? And (laughs) that was the weirdest thing. Like this is 1974. Like they, how, where did I don't even know where that like because it wasn't even capitalized so I don't think it's referring to Star Trek like you're telling me Captain Kirk wasn't capitalized yeah in my I I well <laughs> see there's funny. there's a whole bunch of printing problems in this in this copy and that's what I was going to ask oh, you really? about too like there are some missing quotation marks so I think that's also where I got tripped up in some of the long paragraphs because really? sometimes oh. that Ruth chapter I kind of got lost a little bit who was supposed to be talking. Because some hmm, okay. in some places quotation marks were missing. Um, now, now hold on, hold on. Are you saying both quotations were missing, or the trailing quotation? Um, was missing? Uh, no, the the leading. Because uh, yeah, I okay, know that okay, the okay. trailing one it means it's one character continuing exactly. to talk. You yeah, can, you can leave it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then actually, so he he does a lot of thinking. Is are those in italics in your book? Um, I. I remember seeing italics. I can't say yeah. that all the thinking was in italic. I think they were. I think they were. So in, in my copy, most of the times when he's thinking things to himself, it's just in the same regular 
uh, font. There's a there are a few italics, which has surprised me. But I was thinking like it would be a lot easier to read if uh, if you put his thought lines in italics. But uh, oh, okay. I thought that maybe it well, was a limitation of the of the printing press that they used. Well, the the reason why um, I remember the italics at all is because there was one thought that he was thinking in italics. And did you know that when you want to emphasize something, when a sentence is already in italics, you leave the emphasized word regular, regular. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so I do, I do remember one instance of that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I just thought there, there was probably a lot of weird things with the typeface in this book, just because it was, you know, it, I don't know what kind of proofreading they did before uh, typing up my manuscripts, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, I, I, I wouldn't blame anyone for getting lost in this book. It was kind of like a hard <laughs> thing to follow, for sure. <laughs> uh, and for sure. I, I, one thing I, for, I wanted to mention, too, with uh, themes in, in Dick's writing is, um, so maybe since you've read a couple of his other novels, maybe you can confirm this, but it really feels like um, maybe Dick is actually uh, kind of a misogynist a little bit. Cause in, actually, I, I was going to ask you if you thought this book was racist. Well, I, I think it's deaf. Well, actually, that's M- misogynist tough. or racist. Like what? Like well, like, so so the as far as his view of women. Um, so when I reread the Minority Report, what stood out to me is that so the main character um, is a balding, fat, retiring old man, as opposed to Tom Cruise, um, <laughs> and his wife is described as uh, like basically like a beautiful woman. So like it's like you know, complete mismatch. And then I think, I don't know, it just seems like all the women in this novel, if uh, Jason, from Jason's point of view, he's basically just trying to use them to like, to get whatever he wants. And he doesn't like a very disposable view of them. Okay. Yes. But actually, actually one thing I actually wanted to talk about and, and I want to know what you think well, actually, I'm just going to tell you, like, <laughs> and, and and I'm going to tell you this is true, okay? I'm not asking your opinion on this. This is true. You can't judge an author's opinions or beliefs based on his writing. I think this is true because I don't think just because he writes a misogynist character means he's a misogynist. And he he describes racism it's actually unclear to me. Yeah, if, I don't. If I don't racism. think that the book is racist. Um, yes, but anyway, he describes it. But but I don't think I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can judge an author's beliefs based on a fictional story he writes. That's true. Like it is pretty obvious that Jason Taverner is like an unlikable character. He's terrible. Like, yeah, he's, he's and yes, pretty much he the uses worst. Women, he completely uses yeah. women. But. Um, as far as the racism issue, I I don't think that the book is racist. I mean, the, he talks about, um, I, I think the wording is something like they finally uh, sterilized the the black people or something like That's that. Right. Yeah, but that is that. also, you know, they're in a police state and it's a dystopia, so I can kind of see that. But like even the buckman at the end he hugs uh, a black man and none of the characters man, yeah. in the novel seem to have any uh poor view of of black men that they encounter like i don't know i, I just i just i just don't think you can ascribe 
a story someone writes to their views, uh, their true beliefs. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't think, I don't know. I think, th- I think that's a very dangerous thing to do. No, um, I, I, I think I, I agree with that. Like overall, like, you know, a lot of people, like if you have, like, you have a character you want to write, like, and that's the way the character is, like, that doesn't mean that that's what you think. I mean, unless you're writing, you know, nonfiction uh, commentary piece, then, you know, obviously, yeah, that's a reflection of the author. But yeah, when you're writing fiction. Yeah, if it's fiction, I mean, it it can be, I mean, yes, absolutely. Every book that is written has a part of the author in the book. You can't take the author out of the book. Like they're going to write about experiences in their life and things like that. But I don't think that you can make judgments on what their belief system is. I think the only reason that jumped out to me though, was just because I had just to compare the writing. I read another story from him, right? Like, and they kind of had similar descriptions of women. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say that this book, I would say that this book did fall in line nicely with the two other books I read. One is about, uh, America after the Nazis won World War II. And then another one was about, like you say, like a police state in L.A. with uh, Andes. They call it they call androids (laughs) Andes. And um, do do uh, do Uh, what is it? Do do androids dream of electric electric sheep? Yeah. Blade Runner, Um, a.k.a. And and I'll also say another theme that runs through, I think, all the books, actually, is this weird fascination with collecting, especially mm. like um, antiques. Yeah, yeah. That's in, well, that's in, uh, that's in all three books I've read. That's no that's interesting because I so I noted all the references to the uh, to like the old works. Like there's even mention of uh, so I wrote this one down. The composer Domenico Scarlatti. Um, there's nothing really like he's a 16th century composer. The only thing notable about him that I could find on researching him was that there's a minor planet that was named after him in 1988, <laughs> 6480 Scarlatti. But um, oh, wow. <laughs> basically all of the pop culture references, if you can call them pop culture in this book are like to things that have been written like in the 20s, like early 20th century or earlier than that. Like, so it seems like you you pay more attention to that, than <laughs> but it, it, there's like no culture that has advanced in this police state. Like they don't even like you know sometimes authors try to make up things that to fit in the world, but it's not even like I don't know. Other than Jason's albums and his song titles, uh, there's nothing that's it, it, been it's made like, up. It's like it's like society paused since yeah. the time you wrote it or something. Like <laughs> exactly, you happened, but. Yeah, and and I think I I would have to read uh, the the other novels, but I that you mentioned. But does he also go into like um, identity and like you know who like sense of self or whatever in those ones? Because I think that's part of what happened, like what went on in this novel. Like he kind of none of them are none of them are as quite uh, none of them are as like cerebral and like. Yeah, I would say that's unique to this book out of the three that I've read. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I I was wondering about that because I think, like, I mean, it's been a long time since I watched Blade Runner. I know that's not the same as reading the book, but I know, like, what is it? He ends up uh, finding out he's he's an android at the end of it or whatever. Honestly? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Steve, I think that's, like, 
the big question. That's what okay. is never explained, but the director wants to put a seed in your mind. Like, well, I'll be honest, he, you know, like it's I'll never... be honest, that movie, I fell asleep at the end of it. So I was not a fan. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. That, that's what makes that movie actually so great. In my opinion is that it's like, it doesn't explain that, but it, it, it puts the seed in your mind. Okay. Well, that's that's why I, <laughs> I brought up the question. Like I was wondering if that was uh a thing in, in, in the book, if it was identity was the, was a thing in there, but, um, I yeah. guess it is. I guess it is in in uh, in that book. Yeah. So collecting that's that's interesting. I think if I read more, I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Like the the short story book that the Minority Report is in that I have, I don't remember all of the books or all the stories in it. But I I interested to see if there's uh, um, anything about like if there's any kind of collection going on there. Um, in in the Man in the High Castle, it's Americana, uh, because Japan has now, like, basically taken over the West Coast, and they're into collecting Americana. And in Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, it's um, animals because animals are rare, but they're like robotic animals that oh. they collect. <laughs> well, um, I, I think that's probably not. I don't too think far that off. made it into the movie. <laughs> I don't think that made it into the movie, but. <laughs> Hey, did you uh, did you notice that there was a lot of, well, I think made up um, alcohol and like drinks in this book? Um, I don't recall everything, but I I think I think the the one that I remember most recently because I mean I read it most recently, but it was the drinks that he had at uh, the Buckman House, right? I think there's okay. Some... Okay, actually, okay. So I don't even have. I might have those written down, but I, but the one I'm looking at is when he gets it at like, I don't know, a club. I think it's when he meets uh, Ruth Ray at the club in Vegas, right? Um, he gets scotch and honey mold, a pat of butter floated in floated in it. <laughs> that that kind of sounds a little gross. Yeah, oh, I'm, like I'm so not gross. I'm not a scotch drinker, but like. <laughs> Is yeah. he trying to, to describe butterscotch as a drink? Like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> and then, and then another one. Ruth Ray has at her house, Cuddy Stark and Hiram Walker's bourbon. Like, I don't know. Did he just make up these names? Like, <laughs> I I don't know. But like Hiram Walker bourbon sounds like it's at least plausible that it's real. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> anyway, I, I know there was a lot more um, that he he had fun with like these alcohol alcoholic drinks hey do you remember uh sorry i'm just kind of like firing off random thoughts do you remember um the richard nixon shout out in this book oh yeah i don't remember what it was but i i do remember that standing out like it just made no sense well lucky for you i wrote it down so let me just read the sentence (laughs) it's so weird he trod across the wall-to-wall carpet, which depicted in gold Richard M. Nixon's final ascent into heaven yes. amid joyous singing above the wails of misery below. <laughs> At the far door, he trod on God, who was smiling a lot as he received his second only begotten son <laughs> okay. back into his bosom and pushed open the bedroom door. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that now. That is just that was like one of the I think probably the weirdest thing in the book. Like, uh, yeah, I, I think that might take the cake right there. Yeah. Like that was that was a very very specific description too. So weird, yeah. Like I don't know how we 
goes in the direction with some of these things, but it's like it's like I, I, that's what makes me think like this might be genius that he, like <laughs> nobody could think about that. And these random things that come into his mind, he just he doesn't care. He just puts them in this book. And is it a masterpiece? I don't know. I, I'm calling it it. I'm saying it is. It might uh, just be trash. I don't know. You know, you know what is what is really criminal, though? And I th- I think this would do well as a movie. It it was. So I read the Wikipedia article and it said that it was optioned for a movie. But I think it's like in one of those development hell situations. Okay. Like, I don't think it's ever I, I literally happen. have a bullet point here, Steve, saying, do you think this would make a good movie? So what are your thoughts? <laughs> I, I think it would. Like, you think of, like, the basic I plot points. Like, agree. a guy wakes up and, and no one knows uh, he exists. Like, that's, you know, I, I was thinking even, like, the Man on the Run stuff. Like, that's exactly what Minority Report is in the first half. Like, Tom Cruise trying to stay out of the police. Like, okay. you could, I mean... I think you could do a lot with that in the, in a in a movie. I think this would make an awesome movie, and I think it would be like maybe a dialogue heavy movie. You know what I mean? Like get some really good actors and have some awesome performances. Like yeah. I don't know. I just I don't think it would be like an action movie. You know, there'd be some action scenes. But See, like, that's that's the thing is I think that for a Hollywood producer to to want to put this out there they would probably make it into a big action film but I think you're right like it it's probably one of those stories that like you could probably throw in some action points like you know the the suspenseful part would be him trying to get around the uh the pole checks or whatever the poles, yeah but but yeah like I th- I think this story probably in this day and age like they would probably turn it into an action movie when it shouldn't be. Yeah. I agree with that right. one. Yeah. Yeah. But like if, if this, if this was made like 20 years ago, it probably would be what you're describing or close to it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it definitely should be made into a movie, but I, I agree. I think it could be done very wrong and maybe, <laughs> you know, action sells. So maybe they'd, turn it into an action movie. Definitely <laughs> a movie though. Not a, I wouldn't put it as a TV series. Like, that would be, yeah, be no. crazy. But um, just another note that I uh, that I forgot to bring up. Um, just speaking, sort of related, I guess, to uh, movie stars. But I just thought it was kind of um, amusing that Jason is naive enough to believe that uh, uh, people become famous by talent alone. Like that was early on in the novel. I think he mentioned like, oh, you know, you you get to the top by being good. <laughs> like <laughs> I. It seems like pretty, you know, spot on that someone like Jason would believe that. Yeah, it, it fits his character for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, what a book. Yeah. I just, whew, I, I think there's a lot in there. Like, like I said, I would, I would go back to it and read it. It's not a five star for me, but I, I think there's enough in there to, to find something else on a second reading. Yeah, at, at least, like, even if you don't like it, it provides a lot to talk about in a <laughs> podcast, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And it, it's a short book, too. Like, I would even call this a novella, but I don't know what the technical uh, cutoff for page numbers are or whatever. Yeah, I think I, I think there is a technical cutoff. I think it's like 60,000 words or something. I don't, I don't remember. But then again, I don't know. It's pretty short. How many, how, okay, last question. How many pages does your edition have? Mine is right, 208. 
Uh, let's see. Get past the terrible epilogue. 204. Interesting. Because, like, this is the... I don't know if you can see the text here. This okay, is, well, now... Yeah, yeah, but hold on, because because one the, the 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 chapter that starts with one is page eleven in mine. Oh, interesting. So let's see. The page that starts with part one and has the flow my tears quote must be page nine. Okay, so although it doesn't have it, one in mine is seven. So I would say that would have to be five for me because I have in order. I've got the Theodore Sturgeon quote. Uh, that weird illustration, the title, copyright information, <laughs> then part one. That's okay. It. Yeah, um, so I think they're basically the same same yeah, number of pages. I think so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I guess it's probably just like the small type that just makes it really short. But anyway, shoot, there was something I was going to say, but I completely forgot about it. I, that <laughs> happens to me all the time. I I don't know if it if if it happens to you very much, but. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, what other books you got in the pipeline? Um, well, um, I, I, my shelf is just like right in the next room there, but, um, the one that I'm going to read next is called Operation Angus. Um, hang on. I can look up the author. It's, a, I think it's an author from Ottawa, which is where I live. Um, while, while you look it up, you can see my shelves are empty. I just yeah. put these shelves up in my, in my office. Um, they are going to be adorned with the books I read, uh, once I finish the project oh, Okay. <laughs> before I did have a bookshelf behind me, but all right. So it's called, uh, operation Angus by Terry Fallis Fallis. Not sure what genre. Um, it is, um, oh. well, it's, I I would say it's like um probably maybe thriller. I'm not 100% sure. I think it's like kind of a comedy novel. Um okay. I'm trying to find the description of it here. I know you're not a big fan of the of the t- of uh oh, Okay, here here we go. Better description. It, it, um it they call it a comic spy story. So okay. it's it's more of a comedy. Um but it's uh it's very Canadian. Um it's the story of uh, Angus McClintock, accidental member of parliament. So <laughs> okay. it's, this is another uh, second book in the series. My brother gave uh, gave this one to me for Christmas. Um, so I, I guess this the character is has won a seat in the House of Commons by accident is what I gather from that. And so gotcha. there's some sort of spy story involved in it. So it, it sounded like a, a a nice little fluffy read to to break things up or something. <laughs> I don't know. All I don't right, know what to expect right. from it. Yeah, yeah. What do you have? Uh, you you just started a book, I think. So what what are you reading? Yeah, so that book I'm gonna stop reading it. It's uh, by Connie. Uh, I can't remember her name. Connie Ellis, or I don't remember. Anyway, as you saw on Twitter, uh, she won a Hugo for. The, she's won multiple Hugos for for <laughs> books, and this is one of them. It's called blackout and i just cannot get into it i've read four chapters and I, and the fourth chapter that i read the other day i was skimming through it so afterwards i was like no i can't <laughs> I, I just have to stop if at chapter four i'm skimming no I, i'm not going to continue so okay 
just really quick, what was it about it that you couldn't get into? Like, is it the writing style or just boring yeah, story? Yeah, I didn't like the writing style. I don't know much. I don't have much to say about it. I don't. I can't describe why, but needless to say, I just. I mean, a lot of the dialogue was just a guy complaining about his schedule getting moved, and <laughs> I, it just uh, it's just annoying to read. And but the the general theme of the book is it's set in 2060 and time travel is possible and historians now don't you know go to archaeological sites they go back in time and observe um and so this book i should have known like i'm not really into like world war ii uh time frame i don't know i just i'm I'm not really into that but on the front of the cover you can tell it's like they go back to world war ii eras and so it's in london i'm just it's just not my cup of tea that's all i got to say i just not okay. into it. I, 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 you know, it's a sci-fi. She is a sci-fi writer, but it's like a historical. It's like a changed it's, history. It, yeah, it's um, it's sort of like a way for a sci-fi writer to write a different genre. It, yeah, right? it, and it, it felt very much like she. It was an expose of her knowledge of history. Okay. I, yeah. I, so I just didn't. You know. Yeah. Give, give me some aliens. Where are the aliens at? <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. Well, uh, I don't, I don't really have anything left to say about, uh, about any of this right now, I guess. Um, <laughs> we, we should, uh, we should pick another book to read though. Cause I think, uh, I should, I think we talked about, I, sh- I should show up on, on your podcast. That's right. Yeah, um, uh, definitely. I have you on uh, science fiction shorts and, um, yeah, I mean to be determined, there's no rush, but yeah. eventually we'll, uh, we'll pick a book and, uh, exactly. We'll do well, another I can, episode. On. I can tell you that, uh, because you're, you're a big fan of the classic sci-fi authors, right? So one I of am. the, I, am. I, I was thinking this year that I want to read an Isaac Asimov book, but I'm not sure which one I was leaning towards like foundation or something, but I don't know. Oh God! Okay, that's funny that you mentioned this because <laughs> I am like so sick of Isaac Asimov. <laughs> they actually just uh, there's a new foundation yeah epi- uh, on Apple on uh, Apple TV Plus, right? Um, and actually, I watched it. It's pretty good. I didn't like every episode. Did you watch any? No, I don't have uh, Apple TV. Okay. So. I, I mean, if, you know, you could just pay, you could just pay one month or something and, and watch the whole show if you wanted. But, but anyway, like I, I've just, I've read a lot of Isaac Asimov and I've done multiple episodes <laughs> of Isaac Asimov on my, on my, on my show. So we're going to pick a book, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Isaac Asimov that we talk all right, about. Steve. All right. That's fine. That's fine. I might, but I might, by all means, by all means, everyone else seems to love foundation. I'm not a fan of it. Okay. But well, it, it, it's another short book, so it's like it's not a big there, investment if you want to read it. There was, yeah. So that's that's one of the reason why I was uh, I was looking into it because it doesn't seem like it's a a super long book. Um, but there was another Isaac Asimov book that I saw. Hey, if you're looking for a recommendation for me, read read The Caves of Steel. That I gave five out of five stars. Caves of Steel. Okay. Caves will... of Steel. It's a weird title. I don't think it. Um, doesn't sell the book very well, but uh, 
I, that, I really, really liked that book. For a lot. some reason, that reminds me of the the name of uh, an old DOS video game I played with Crystal Caves. I don't know if you know oh, that yeah? one. But... No, I don't. <laughs> Definitely played some DOS games in that time, but uh, don't remember that one. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll we'll wrap things up. One, so you mentioned your 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 podcast, Sci Fi Shorts. Uh, I guess people can find it anywhere. Science Fiction Shorts. Yep. Yeah. Oh, is it, is that the full name? Science Fiction Shorts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I guess I, you're you're on Twitter, but not as your podcast name, right? Twitter is at Wet Josh, W E T Josh. Awesome. My last name's Wet and Camp. People think it's weird <laughs> that I have that handle, but yeah, Wet Josh. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, uh, thanks again for for coming on. That that as much as I didn't enjoy the book as much as you did, I I did have a fun time reading it. Anyway, it was a good discussion. Good, and and you, yeah, talking about books is like even better than reading them in my in my opinion i love that you have me on the show and we were able to talk about it awesome so.